Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. And we are here again at Ted's Crosstop on Claiborne and Calhoun in uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. We never know who that plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a neighbor, a family member, fellow restaurant business colleague, um, guy who cuts the lawn, whatever it is. We never really know. But we're going to find out in just a few moments. We're going to be talking with our very special guest. And we're excited to have with us tonight the one and only Cam Boudreaux, who um, he, he, uh, he designs po' boys that include things like Jameson and uh, lamb seasoned with uh, Moroccan spices and sumac scented carrots and just all kind. Of, I'm not, not going to steal his thunder. Let new school po' boys. That's it. New school. New po school po boys. Yeah. Here he is. You hear his What's voice. What's up, y'all? Cam, good to have you here. Sorry Thank to interrupt, you, Ray. Cam. That's great. So, welcome. Hi. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. A okay. little bit about your history pre. Pre killer po' boys. Pre killer po' boys. Well, um, I'm uh in my early 30s. I'm born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, we uh, had an interesting uh, childhood. Both my parents were artists after their first careers, uh, which is kind of strange. So we grew up in the French Quarter. When I, I went to elementary school at McDonough 15, yeah. come full circle, I'm down there now. It's like my neighborhood. I love the French Quarter. Um, but uh, I, I did my teenage years in Uptown New Orleans, and I kind of got in the restaurant trade because um, I didn't like high school, especially Catholic high school. And I just started ending up in the, you know, the industry, and uh, cooking was the badass thing to do in a restaurant. I mean, you have to shave if you want to be a waiter and deal with people, and you know, like you can play with fire and knives, and uh, something dangerous could happen, and it's fun, right? It's just another <laughs> night. This, this is bef- when the Food Network was just like Emerald and Mario Batali, seven hours a day. I mean, this is when there was no real food celebrityism, or let's, uh, you know, let's um, attain this status of celebrity by doing this TV show or something like that. I think cooking was still like. Yeah, I think it was one foot in, in this uh, craft that was practiced by rough, burly motherfuckers in the part of my French. No, and, that's You know, in, in the belly Bring of the beast. It on. Like, and that's what it was, and that was very romantic to me. Um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't really know uh, what I wanted to do with life, but I like to stay out late and drink and party <laughs> and carouse. So, you know, I said I kind of fell into – I started um, – my first job actually was here uptown New Orleans at a deli. Eve's Market on Cone Street. Oh, wow. Which was, yeah, which is like a long time ago in the mid-90s. And um, we played with food a little bit. It wasn't a chef, per se, but I think that was our... My, so I've, I think I've really only worked with food. I think I've only made commerce selling food to people. And one You've never had another job other than food? No, I've never really had a real job. No, no paper route? Real job. Nothing, that's that. I would say that's... Yeah, that's the job. best job. In, the, in yeah. the xenophobic world of cooks, man, like you, nine to fivers, that's a real job. You know, like you guys are off on the weekend and giving me hell on a Sunday morning, <laughs> like brunch. Like America's excuse to get drunk on Saturday and Sunday morning early brunch, right? Uh, like, fuck you. You know, I'm, I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eve's, wasn't that now, the though. first um, natural food? Like, it was. Kind like of in a couple, uh, the couple that owned it, um, uh, they weren't a couple, but the, there was two women that owned it, uh, Linda and Claudia, and they were really, really awesome. And they gave a bunch of neighborhood people. I didn't live that far uptown. Some of my friends worked there. I went to Dallas South. My friend that went to Dallas South with us got a job there. His brother had worked there, and then I started working there, and then I left school. I got in trouble at school, and uh, it wasn't uh, big trouble. It was just you know enough to where it was like, all right, well, what are you going to do? And um, you know, I kind of just I left. I got a GED. I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do high school. You know, it just wasn't working out. Um, 
So you're working at Eads when that happened? Yeah, I was working at Eads when that happened. So I was like, all right. So I'll what were you doing there? Full-time. Uh, we worked in the deli. We did the produce. Um, you know, whatever. Cashier. I mean, every everybody did all positions there. But you know, like I said, it wasn't really uh, chef-driven positions. It, it wasn't the, the the world of culinary arts. It was um, a little bit more you know mom and pop and humble than that. But it was fun to come up and, and mess with the produce, and we dealt with a lot of local farmers even back then. You know, I mean, uh, all of the citrus we get had this dude, Farmer Fred. He, when it was Satsuma grapefruit season he drives stuff in from plaquemine parish three times a week we go and receive all so i think that was like a nascent like kind of implanted thing was the bounty of louisiana i kind of saw it then i don't think i processed it you know uh as as a chef because i wasn't a chef then uh and then i left that job i think i took a summer to get high or something like that i don't know (laughs) work wasn't working either Uh, i was you know i partied a lot when i was younger so uh, then I started working um, at Arno's restaurant. Actually, I worked at Arno's Rimelade restaurant because they had an ad in the oh. paper. And I'm like, all right. I started working there. I was a, a busboy there for like two months. And Chef Tommy, who's still there, I told Chef Tommy, I said, you know, I want to work in the kitchen. Like, do you have any positions? And uh, he started working me in to uh, both sides of the fair, Rimelade and Arno's. And um, that was my first real job in the, you know, old school. Like, you lift this pan and it's been used by 70 guys for 70 years. And, I mean, that was, you know. It's something special still when I go back in there because we're riding around the corner. My plus one actually has a lot longer of history at Arno's than me, and uh, we're friends with uh, you know people that work there. So sometimes every once in a while you need to stick a butter, or they need to stick you know whatever. So uh, it's still always awesome to go back Real there and see. And yeah. Ha- uh. So what'd you do exactly there? I was a cook. You know, I cooked okay. different positions. It's like a line cook. Or? Yeah, line cook. Sorry. I went yeah. to school in New England Culinary Institute in uh, 2005. I was trying oh. to go to real school at UNO and uh, working in the kitchen and like going to college just wasn't working. And I had like seven majors. You know, like <laughs> I think I would have stuck with the cultural anthropology major, but I probably wouldn't have a job right now. I'd yeah. probably still be in grad school. I mean, I don't know. You know, um, well then what do you do? Anthropology. Yes, like, cultural anthropology. Would, would you be digging up arrowheads or something? Cultural what are you doing? anthropology <laughs> would probably entail doing a lot of writing and maybe doing ethnographs of some real obscure thing that I found interesting that, you know, you I don't know. What do you do with a cultural anthropology degree? You invent po' boys. Creative new po' boys. That's what you do. There's some historical, I mean. Maybe. I don't know. I was okay. also like a business major and a uh, history major and uh, this, that, or the other. So I was a part-time student. But uh, anyway, I, why I mention that is because I, um, I, I felt like I needed a credential. And I, I feel like society tells you you need a credential. And so I went for the credential that made sense to me. And I was going to put cooking down and maybe get into academia. But then I was like, well, I can't pay my bills because I don't have, you know, a, jo- a job without mm-hmm. cooking. That's the only thing I knew how to do. So uh, I looked into New England Culinary Institute. They had an advanced placement program, and I felt that it was the quickest way to get to a credential for me. And then what I found out later is high-end culinary schools, it's a, you buy into a network. And uh, I realized I didn't like New England, and, like, their network mm-hmm. is in New England. So, See, oh, yeah, okay. so I have this, like, you know, I have an associate's degree in the culinary arts. And I learned some stuff from school, but it was very expensive. I mean, I don't know. I probably should have just, like, borrowed ten grand from somebody and moved to New York and knocked on the back doors of restaurants, you know. I did that after culinary school, actually. So huh. it, it, gave, it gave me no further. What would you, but, you moved to New York? Yeah, I went to New York after Katrina. How long? Uh, four years and some change. So four years? Yeah, I was That's in New York That's a long time. Wow. Yeah. You made so, that sound, I, the way you said that, I thought you was going to say like three weeks or something. You took no. a long vacation. Yeah, okay, no, we moved no. there to work. Four years, okay. So that, your time in New York, was that as more influential in your culinary yes. path there was school? Th- it, exactly, and it, it wasn't. I, I th- um, 
I hate to even bring up the culinary school thing now. I mean, it was good. It was a good experience. You know, I learned stuff there. It's just, it was, it's very expensive. And people out there listening, like, realize that, like, a high-end trade school basically is going to be very expensive. So look at what you get after school, what the alumni does for you, the kind of networking you can do. And if you want to work, if they have networking that's international or in these areas that you want to work, then by all means, go. It's a great education, but, you know... Uh, like I said, I mean, they really, like, our alumni job boards for the school is, like, you know, uh, a skiing resort in New Hampshire. It's like, that's not me. Like, I'm not, we're just <laughs> talking about that. Like, you know, people want to go camping. I'd rather go to a dirty, I'd, like, look at some graffiti and eat a $300 meal across the street. And that's, that's my ride, you know. So I think I need some of that, like, urban dirt in my life. I don't know why. Uh, that was going to be my question. Well, you answered it, but I was going to ask you, do you feel that mentoring somebody young, like, if someone came to you is it an individual basis or do you enjoy bringing in someone young and eager and teaching them well what you I, have I wouldn't to be where I'm at if, if people hadn't taken the time to show me stuff and I mean like, like I said earlier though but nobody gives you a manual let's say if there's seven positions on the line like uh, maybe in a corporate place you might have a manual but nobody gives you these are the steps you need to achieve to work this position I mean I think most cooks just kind of learn by you know um the tricks to make the plates happen to the chef's standards you kind of learn that on the job now deeper technique ingredient knowledge yes a lot of that knowledge is passed on somebody shows you how to do something you know and then maybe you learn three different other ways to do it and you can make your own way to do it but you know um i mean i I love showing like we have uh, awesome staff but it's very small we have two two employees at the po'boy shop and when we can show them a new technique it's great you know because that means maybe 10 years down the road they'll show it to somebody else and well, how is it different in New York than New Orleans? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm well, originally from New York as a kid, and then, and then in New Orleans now, I love it. And I see a big difference culturally. How was it in the restaurant thing? I mean, was, it, was, was there a different attitude in the yeah, kitchen? I mean, it, it is, and it's like a tough nut to crack. There's a lot of competition up there. People rougher on I mean, you there? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say rougher. I mean, if you can't roll, if you can't make stuff happen, you're not going to, you know, you can want to be a chef all day long. I mean, you're going to be making salads for 10 years, if that, you know. I mean, you got to be able to make stuff happen, you know, under... The, the most undue circumstances is New York. You know, you got uh, case in point, like I worked at this high-end hotel. The Standard was opened by Andre Balash. It's like, you know, GQ's best-dressed man, 2004 or whatever. He was, um, you know, and he always had, like, his friends, like Calvin Klein, coming in, like, giving all this criticism on all the food. You know, it was so annoying. Like, Calvin, oh, we fucked up Calvin Klein's burger again. I don't know. The man is coming here to see how we can fuck up his food. Like, that's why he's here. <laughs> he's friends with this dude. Like, you know, it was like we always messed up Calvin Klein's. Like, the guy, this one guy, Pauly, we called him Pauly Walnuts. He always got stuck with that order, man. It would be like, Pauly Walnuts? Does he have Pauly small nuts? No, it's no, just from kind of. Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's wow. just kind of from the Sopranos, and he's um, he was a funny guy. Did actually. he have the he, hair for it or something? He had that, no, he no. didn't. Uh, he wasn't. That's what they call. He was in a hardcore band, um, like hardcore punk rock band, and his teens, and they traveled the world, and that's what they called him in the band, and it stuck with him, like in his cooking job. So he had some interesting stories, and uh, the um, for some reason this dude he was he liked to drink, so I don't know how. Like, from the date of that place opened, he would steal, like, a six-pack of beer every day from one of the coolers and just got so advanced at it. It's like their inventory never caught up with them, you know? So they were always a six-pack behind. Uh, <laughs> we just drink on the line all day. Uh, not us, just him. That was that was his thing. But uh, Is that I'm unusual segwaying. in New York? I mean, uh, dr- cook, to hear it Cooks and drinking seem... is not unusual at all whatsoever. Yeah, I was going to say. You know? But um, everywhere or just... I mean, is that Are you drinking in the French laundry kitchen? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, is everybody, uh, you know, working in this incredible standards by a humanist chef? No. 
you know, um, is it frowned upon? I mean, I don't let people drink on shift by me, but I'm just running a little sandwich shop, you know. But, uh, I mean, if you're trying to control 14 dudes in a high-pressure environment and one of them sneaking alcohol during the shift, I mean, if they can perform, you know, what are you going to do, right? Right, right. Sit them to rehab and not have your saute cook for (laughs) six months and pay for that? You know? No. And 10% profit margin, so... Well, I think it's time for a plus one, isn't it? Yeah. I Margo, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, we've been all over the place. I mean, no, this is good. This is good. No, but uh, who is your plus one? Of, my plus one is my business partner, fiance, and uh, the most beautiful woman in the whole wide world. Wow. We get to have the most beautiful woman in the whole wide world know, at right, our show. Right. Yeah. Too bad it's radio. Nobody can see her. working. That's the thing. <laughs> okay, tell us your beautiful fiance's full name, please. April Bello. April. Chef April Bello. Chef April, thank you Hello. so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Is it B-L-L-O? W at the end. W at the end. Okay. Oh, okay. So Jewish instead of Italian. No? Who knows? I look Jewish, so <laughs> I can tell those jokes. Like but Sal Bello, no. I'm thinking. <laughs> She's no. going to be Boudreaux soon uh, enough, so. Yeah. All right. Bello came from St. Martinville, I guess. I don't know why or where or how oh, it wow. turned into the W, but it did. Is that where so you're from? You oh. Sorry. The Bellows came from St. Martinville via Italy, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so they added a W somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Okay. Probably yeah. illiterate or something. Yeah. They wanted to sound so a little French. They didn't know. They should have yeah. added an A-U-X or something at the end. Yeah. Bello, Bello. Now, how'd you guys meet? Well, we met at Arno's. Yep. In you met at Arno's? Yeah. So yeah. That's where yeah, we met. In, what, Were you working at Arno's or were you a customer? I was. No, All right. I was working there. I, uh, I Weren't you like the first? Wh- I was the wh- first female sous chef there. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. The only actually still but uh either way i i got into the industry just by uh taking the ferry across the river from gretna and going to a little madeline cafe in jackson square and falling in love with the appearance of a cafe and the sound of a cash register (laughs) and i I thought i could actually get a job and have my own money to spend how'd you go from how'd you you go from the ferry ride to sous chef well I, i was at la madeline and then someone told me about you know how much more money you could make cooking, which even though it's not that much money, it's that much money to a 16 or 17 year old. So um, I, you know, asked, started asking around about restaurants hiring and thought it'd be a fun thing to do, but also like something to make me a little bit of money. And uh, a friend of mine actually hooked me up with a job at Arno's and the rest, I mean, it just kind of unfolded over the course of several years so so were you uh, a high school student then or you, yeah. you dropped out or i was what? in high school i did, mean did i finished fi- high school you finished high school okay. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the catholic school didn't work for me either i, I wound up uh at ridgewood in metairie so right. uh did some time there and then finished it out uh cooking all the way through and then uh i know i wanted to be an artist and one day was told that I would starve as an artist. And then I went to work at Arno's and looked at food and I realized that I don't have to starve. <laughs> I can just keep cooking and, and travel the, the world yeah. and I can eat the art afterwards mm-hmm. and, and have all sorts of awesome things to play with that I probably couldn't afford otherwise. So. Well, that's a, like one of the boons of working in the kitchen, man. At least you can eat, right? Yeah. If it's like you don't go hungry. desiccated <laughs> grit scrapings from a sheet pan, seven hours after they were served, at least you can eat. You know, you can put something yeah. in your belly. That Even goes a long yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, man. If you know? 
You so. don't have to worry about your next meal. That's yeah. that's uh, yeah. But I wound up pursuing culinary school right afterwards. So I left for five years. And where'd you go? I went to Johnson and Wales University in Providence. Rhode oh Island. no! Wait, this is after you guys met. Mm-hmm. And you already started dating by then. No. no. Oh, no, okay. Not at all. No. Yeah, so this did y'all like each other? This is like 97. Or was it like okay. uh, 1997? 1997, 1998. Uh, okay, so you're both like teenagers at this point, yeah. basically. And so we go our separate ways. I'm a, so I'm like cooking, you know, and then I start doing other, I leave. Um, I, you know, I, whatever. I, I messed up on the job, I'm sure. Like I said, I like to party in my teens and that. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not a bad person, but I just didn't do a lot of the traditional routes to life, right? You know, Wait, we got to stop you and ask about the party because you brought it up like 12 times. So give us a give us a good party. Ray, that's in New Orleans. If you yeah. go up New Orleans, Orleans when raves too, were I mean, so go back to the go back to <laughs> the, the guys that were here telling you uh, the Patois guys and talking about the, everybody the bar. They talked about it too, and it's like yeah. I think. You get an advanced degree and partying when you're a teenager down here. I mean, you do it before right. people do it in, in college, maybe. I don't know, but we do it when All we're right. a teenager. Yeah, I went insane know? in college, but in high school, I, you know, it was like such. It was so hard to get a six pack out of somebody in the well, people's no, public New Jersey. Uh, the French well, Quarter is not New Jersey. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I have a friend who lived right near here on, on Audubon, just right near Ted's, and he used to said he when he was 13, he used to ride with his buddy on the handlebars of his bike at 13. They'd ride down to Chapultepec and they'd go through the drive-through package good place and get a case you know on oh, friday oh, nights and come home and i was like that didn't happen in jersey well, yeah i mean yeah no, different in new orleans was, well i mean i think they they just changed the no drinking else. age i think like when i was 15 so the right. drinking age used to be 18 so when we so were really, really younger like you just had to get somebody to, yeah you just had yeah. to get somebody to pass for 18 in. you know and then um, there was i mean when we were <laughs> in high school there were certain bars you'd go to and then i was always hanging out with like the freaks and the punks and stuff so we had our own scene i mean we weren't trying to go to a frat bar on maple street don't worry that wasn't our scene at all we would drink lurking in the corner downtown, you know, it's like, which is so odd to me. We used to like, you know, nothing ever happened to us, but we would like be out four in the morning, you know, drinking 40s, like 14 years old. It's yeah. quite, quite odd. Uh, but no, that's not my life. I, I was trying to actually like bring it back to, no, I had, there's more, there's more to, to the story. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So, yeah. um, I started working, uh, I, I worked at Stella for like six months. That was interesting. That was right before Scott rebuilt the kitchen. And he was just trying to, he was just starting to see that he could have success, I think, doing like this really like put together food with 18 garnishes and like, you know, Scott style or whatever. Uh, and I worked at oh, Lucky Chang's. That was an interesting job. Yeah, and I did that I, I, for a while. Wait, that, Lucky what? Lucky Chang's. Okay. Oh, that predates I, me. Yeah. You, I think you would explain to Ray and uh, people listening in case okay. they're not familiar with Lucky, Lucky Chang's, Chang's was a drag cabaret and uh, drag cabaret. with a restaurant attached to it. There wow. was in the mid '90s the concept premiered, and there was one in New Orleans, one in New York, and one in Miami Beach. And by the, the time, one here was the first one. Though. It was the first original. One, yeah. And then by the time I got to it, they had bought it from the original owners, the couple that operated it, oh, and okay. they changed one of the vowels in the name to like A to the E or something so like that. So they don't that. have to pay for the uh, right. Name but it was a great space. It's <laughs> on St. Louis. It's where it's Cafe Soul and the Paris Room is now. Okay. And uh, what is her face? Jennifer Flowers had a bar there or oh, something. Yes. Wow. Um, beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, and uh, so we did like Asian Creole cuisine. So like the waiters in drag too. The uh, wi- well, the waiters, that's uh, they all. And it would be like bachelorette parties would come in. Like the chefs in drag, too? No, the chefs weren't in drag. But it, wasn't, we, you know. it wasn't just drag. It was like people living as cabaret. women. Yeah, it was mostly it was like transsexuals and, you know, uh, drag queens. And, you know, um, I don't know. There's like all different levels of uh, being, you know. Right. Troy was the chef there at one point. Yeah, he dressed actually, in my, drag a our, couple times. Our landlord, 
who owns the Aaron Rose Bar, was the chef there. Adolfo Garcia was the chef at Lucky Chang's. Like, like a lot Adolfo of Adolfo Garcia. <laughs> yeah. was, I can't picture him in drag. That would be amazing. Well, he definitely. Yeah. Once, once again, the yeah, yes, it's shocking. There was there was transsexuals and drag queens that were the servers there, but the anybody that was doing like grunt work was not in drag. That was not the right, scene. Right, right. You know, we were, uh, we but were making this so food and selling fun, it to people. Right? Yeah, was it was so much fun, right? Was it as thing, much you know? fun to work there as it was to go in? It was quite interesting. Um, it was the, um, I think it was like the end of the fading, um, uh, the guys that were kind of owning it were running it into the ground. And it was like a real, like, kind of Anthony Bourdain. Like, you know, they were back to the drugs and the partying. Yes, that's definitely what they were doing. Like, uh, it was crazy. We would open the bar. I was friends with the bartender. We would open the bar for change with like a $100 bill a one, a ten, and two dimes, you know, until, like, more money came in. That was it. <laughs> Where are the owners? I don't know. They're nowhere to be found, you know. Like, we would place orders, and the food vendors would be like, uh, yeah, you guys are, like, 60 days overdue, so we're going to bring you <laughs> delivery. And it's, like, four in the afternoon, you know, and uh, I was working for this Dutch guy, and he disappeared, and they actually left. I, I got. I was in charge of that kitchen for a couple months, and that was quite an odd experience. Wait, for a couple um, months? Where, yeah, where, for where? a couple months. You were really young, weren't you? I was very young. How old like were you? 20 or 21. I don't even think I was street uh, Wait. And so did that lead you to wanting to have your own place, running a kitchen, and <laughs> watching those people? Uh, I don't know. You know. Um, I mean, I when did you first... Did you always think, I want my own place, or were you just enjoying... You I mean, know, I was definitely living in the moment then, uh, you know, and, um, wow, I'm usually not ever at a loss for words. It's just, uh, let's take a second here. All right. No, I don't know what I was thinking then. I was just living life. I was having a good time. I was living life. Uh, no, I had not a lot enjoying of... Enjoying the moment. I was enjoying the moment, you know, and the ambition was just to make this project happen, and that's what I did. Was it coming from some serious business standpoint? No, I just happened to be the dude. The chef disappeared. And his, uh, so chef just, what do you mean he disappeared? He like, was, did he, was he killed? Like, no, he, go? he wasn't killed. Um, <laughs> he was a Dutch guy, but he, he had lived in San Francisco and he moved to New Orleans. He was, uh, he had like lived this American dream. He was, had a, a wife and a home in the suburbs. And, uh, he always talked about that. The American dream. I lived the American dream and I shit on it or some shit. That's not his accent, but you know, he said this great Dutch <laughs> that didn't accent. doesn't sound Dutch at all. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> that's my, my, my story. Okay. So that's what I'm sticking to. Wait, and uh, so this is the rest of the story. Okay. So he, he he leaves the wife. He starts dating this younger girl. He was in his 30s. This girl was in her early 20s. Moves her out to New Orleans. She's out here for a week. She gets pregnant. So they have to move back to California. Oh. So he literally, and I knew this was going to go down. He left him a letter. He was like, oh, let Cam run the, the show. He can do it. And he prepped me. He said, you can do this. But I'm like, all right. <laughs> so you I thought this was like for you. a weekend while he goes straight and stuff out? Or did no, you know this I knew was going to be for months? For whatever, you know. That's not yeah. a. Oh, nine months. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was permanent. He was like, it was gone. He didn't give them any notice. So, I mean, Wait, so what were you doing before that? Well, I was the sous chef. You were so, sous chef. Yeah, okay, so like you're a 20 year old sous chef. Yeah. At it. Not too reputable place. Okay. I want to know, did you ever, were you ever so shit-faced that you, uh, something crazy happened? Because I saw some crazy stuff go down in that place. Well. Just fun. I mean, nothing that's going to break Dr. your Ruth. marriage, your engagement, <laughs> no. but. Uh, no, it was cool. What was the same? It was a kitchen environment. It's like rough heterosexual guys working back in the kitchen. It wasn't like, you know, it was some like weird, you know. Nobody dared the rough. Uh, Oh, well, no, the trannies, you know, obviously they're they're making highly, you know, like, suggestive comments on, like, we get the new cook, right? So he gets shit for weeks because, like, (laughs) oh, look at you, you know. But, I mean, no, it wasn't wasn't anything too You didn't accidentally, you know, hook up with a a waiter and a waitress didn't find out it was really a waiter, did you? 
No, okay. No. They didn't fool you, the trannies. No. <laughs> they weren't that convincing. They were convinced. Some of those women were beautiful. When you grow up in the French beautiful. Quarter, <laughs> you can tell the difference. All right, you can tell the difference for the most part, okay? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been trying to decipher, you know, b- pre-sexual, I mean, since a young <laughs> child. Like, is that a man or a woman, Mommy? So, you know, like we, like I said, we, I had a special experience growing up down here and, uh, you know, where, we, where I grew up at least. So now, your parents, you, you said you mentioned your parents were artists, right? Yeah. So they, what careers did they have before they were artists? Uh, doctor and a lawyer. A doctor and yeah, a lawyer, and they both wow. at the same time did they leave same the profession. Time, yeah, so they went one, two, three, and they jumped in the water uh, like over their heads I think into there, art world. There was particular life circumstances that okay. I'm not going to get into, but okay. uh, yeah, they left their careers uh, essentially. And then my dad like uh, did they uh, make a go of it? I mean, like were they able to? Yeah, my dad was really successful okay. at art. Um, he uh, he got hooked up. He used to do a barrister's gallery with oh, his wow. partner Andy mm-hmm. Antipas. So he did the folk art in the back. And then he hooked up with these House of Blues, like the the personality that started the House of Blues, Isaac Tigert, and the um, Hard Rock Cafe was really into their art. So he, he curated lived on a train. Does he? Well, no, he had the train, had the right? He's very train. This guy is like he he lives like he he, he donates Mercedes to the Sai Baba. I don't know. This guy's got money, <laughs> and you know. So your dad was hooked up with. Yeah, they were doing business together, and basically oh, the they folk would curate art, all the art. They sold a bunch of art to the House of Blues, and then they oh, would nice. do fun stuff like go buy a juke joint on the side of the road in Mississippi, dissemble it, put it in a House of Blues. Uh, so that was kind of uh, that was like the mid '90s when that was going down. Early early '90s, yeah. So, so he he was very successful, and then he just kind of dropped out, you know. Dropped out. So, so what did, what do you do? Well, mystery. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, no, I've okay, seen him all the time. Okay, okay, okay. Just, you know, what did he do? He just—I uh, don't know. He just—he's retired. Doing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty amazing for people to change their career, and that has to be influential in a positive way. I mean, I would admire that because that's not an easy choice. You—you ha- you have to be passionate, and I mean, kind of like being in the restaurant business. You have to be passionate, a little crazy, and. uh well, so you gotta that, have the that passion that's gonna keep you, you know, standing on your feet seventeen hours dealing with people, you know, the, your staff, the customers, the people you buy stuff from, people you sell it to, you know. So, huh. yeah, let's talk about sandwiches. Let's yeah, let's talk right. about but sandwiches. first we gotta do a book of questions. I wanted to hear about Killer Po Boy, though. But can we can we yes. do book questions first, maybe? Yes. Okay. Okay. You, what you do is this is um, a book from y'all, when y'all were probably before they were born. Before you were born, no, in the <laughs> '80s, a popular book, and uh, you tell us your favorite number between one and 173, okay. and then you have to answer the the highly intellectual, revealing question, probing answer to one of these questions. This philosophy, so I can get weird with that. <laughs> All right, don't uh, worry, it's not. A, but, but we we like let's weird. Start with the plus one. She, yes, you haven't. Uh, so, what's your favorite number? Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, you gonna tell us why nineteen? Or is it's just one of those numbers that uh, I don't know. I think we can things become our favorite because you know, we see it and it repeats itself, and then we can convince ourselves that oh, I'm in the right spot because of that number. <laughs> it's one of those little romantic things that I started when I was a kid, and everywhere I look is that number because it's you know. Under right. the number 20, and it's a pretty common occurrence. 19 <laughs> is a... Well, let's see if it's lucky for you tonight. Okay. You have the chance to meet someone with whom you can have the most satisfying love imaginable. The stuff of dreams. She's going, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sadly, you know that in... Oh. Sadly, you know that in six months, the person will die. 
<laughs> Knowing the pain that would follow, would you still want to meet the person and fall in love? What if you knew your lover would not die, but instead would betray you? Oh. Okay. So this is one of the deeper yeah, questions we've deep. gotten. Yeah. Not only is it deep, but it's morbid. Um, and also, I've met the love of my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's here. He's not dying in six months. Do you have any announcements for us? He's getting his tooth fixed tomorrow, so we know he's not going to die from a, like, tooth Hopefully abscess. not. People die from that. <laughs> People do die from that. He's got that. his appointment tomorrow, so, or his appointment. So, oh, um, you may only have a day with him. Uh, no, but well, it would be I worth it, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's sweet. Thank what if he betray you in six months? Would you still uh, put up Ow. with it? Absolutely. Even if I knew that he was going to betray me, because it'd be fun for six months, and then he'd be gone. All right, <laughs> that's real love. I like to hear that. Fair enough. Congratulations, you got a good All lady right. there. Aww. All right, now it's your turn. Who is this dude? Oh, I, I got to answer a question too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was on the. New York Times bestseller list. Why the book of questions? I've heard y'all do that before. Uh, Is that you guys? No, our well, the producer, the producer, (laughs) Wizard of Oz over there with the Bluetooth. uh, He said uh, nobody uh, wants to hear us talking about food for uh, an hour straight, so we got to break it up. Yeah, mixes things up. We were throwing things out there, and this came up. So we're, we're well, open I mean, suggestions like, like, for every 10, 20 one. minutes from a real um, okay, person um, in the culinary one world. B- between one and what? 173, I think. Oh, let's go 173. Somebody's at, oh, Somebody already did 173? 173. Okay. When was the last time you stole something? Oh. And why haven't you stole anything since? Well, that's assuming that you never stole. When was the last time I stole something? I'm going to have to wait about, uh, think about this because... It's probably been a really long time. <laughs> so, like, a physical thing that I stole. Hmm. Come on, when you were hanging out with those, when you were a punk rocker going to De La Salle. Yeah, but he had a job. Uh, he could pay yeah. for his job. I mean, <laughs> we stole. <laughs> well, I never stole, like, drugs from anybody. I'm going to be standing here. You won't want to say that on, <laughs> on the air. Right, yeah. <laughs> And, um, you stole April's heart. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh my I don't know. I'm stumped, man. I, what do I say? Okay. I'm on TV. You know, like, <laughs> like I can't. I'm not. I'm not trying to cover up anything. Yeah. But what did I steal recently and lately? I'm trying to think of maybe there's some humorous example of something that makes stealing not so wrong. I don't, you know. Um, Sometimes I, I take an right. extra packet of sugar from the coffee shop when I know I'm not going to use it. I don't know why. Just to steal it? Just to it. do it. I don't Just know. Just to do it? Yeah. You got a I only do it at CC's, not well, at PJ's. N- now that I, like, <laughs> I own a small business, the last thing that I can even think about is stealing something from anybody. And I don't think I've been about stealing anything from anybody in a long time. So I'm, I'm sure the last time I stole something was probably something extremely minor. You know, right. like, uh, But I think that's a, that's a good point because i was going to ask y'all well let, let's get back how about this when was the last time somebody stole something from your business you have, you have, a, you have that an you employee caught. Well, you caught well we got uh we got our tip jar stolen tip jar when did that happen the whole thing it's about uh maybe six months ago it's just on a counter how much is in it typically that time um, of night? well i mean we don't leave all the money that accrues uh, we don't make that much money in gratuity but i mean there was like knickknacks in it you know, and yeah, we've been tipped in like in how big is the tip jar? This was a fairly big <laughs> jar, and like when the ra- the radio was like this big, and the video was reviewed, the guy literally took it, put it under his shirt. I saw his wonder, put it under his shirt. Well, yeah. he, and it was like he was interacting with me, and um, while you know, we, we sell like these like magician. weird, you know, 
new school pull boys in the back of the bar. This guy's coming up asking me for a hamburger and a hot dog. He was Zadak? To- was it Zadak? No, it wasn't Zadak. <laughs> it, it was a, some scam artist scumbag that, you know, um, uh, hopefully got beaten up by the next people he stole from. Because he was obviously not from this area. He had an accent. He had a northeast accent. Hey! <laughs> um, no, he did though. He had to live from Jersey or New York or something. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, they're the worst. He was obviously out. They're like, the worst. Yeah, the and ninth that, ward that too. Was yeah. Whole thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I can tell the ninth ward yet from uh, a. Yeah. From a I can't. I can't. I, I I was at a restaurant once and I was sure this woman was from Edison, New Jersey, and then she'd nice. never been outside of New Orleans. Well, because it's unexpected down here, right? But it's yeah. like for real common. Well, Wikipedia you know? says Yad is indigenous to New York and New Orleans. Right. It's a whole article that includes those two cities and. Really? Why they do sound a lot AT. alike. Oh, yep. come yeah. on. I'm See, that's kidding. why I don't... Wikipedia, what yeah. is that? Yeah, who believes them? I <laughs> wrote that. Internet, right? I wrote yeah. it. I used to yeah. come... To, I used to take the ferries to New Orleans to pretend like I was from New York just to talk to tourists. Nice. You sound a little New York, actually. A little bit. Gretna. So... Yeah. Okay, but let's, let's, let's hear back. about the Why Poor Boys? Like First of all, why Poor Boys? And what inspired y'all to start your business? All right, so why Poor Boys? Why not? Well, kind of. Why not? And also, did Aaron um, Rose come first in the pole, and then the pole boy, or the pole boy come first, first, and you found Aaron yeah. Rose? All right. So the basic story is the quick backup of the bio. All right, I'm at Lucky Chang's. I started working for GW Fins down here, and I worked oh. there off and on for a couple of years, uh, and some other little jobs. And then I go to school, and Katrina happens, and I come back down here. I'm in. I'm actually at culinary school when Katrina happened. It was quite traumatic. My, uh, you know, family was scattered. I didn't know where the fuck they were, and it was. Was a took a, a fair, so I needed to come back here to to you know do things like scrape uh, this debris off my mom's ground. She just bought a house, closed on a house in Old Araby oh, in wow. early 2005. Oh. So she got you know rapid rise of water in her house, decreased. It, it wasn't as bad as some people in Saint Bernard Parish, but it wasn't as bad. It sucked. It was a pain in the ass to deal with. So I came back down here, um, and knowing that I wanted to move to a bigger market city, New York or San New York or San Francisco. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, ended up going to New York. So I had some friends up there. And then I, I did a couple different jobs in a, a lot of different kind of environments up there. So my rounding was kind of getting well-rounded. You know, I was doing different positions, management positions, different styles of dining, fine dining, casual dining. Uh, it's New York, so I walk, parks and, I walk dogs in the park and I deliver caviar on the subway. <laughs> part-time jobs. Uh, so I moved back here in um, 2010, and I started working at the Green Goddess downtown. Oh, I love the place. Uh, and I was their sous chef at night. Love it. So, and then I started drinking back at the Aaron Rose, hanging out there. Well, she was, was working there. Tacos. She was selling tacos in the back. You were selling tacos at Aaron Rose, and that's how and you reunited? She, yes. You hadn't and seen each other all these I was years? No, my not, taco not for right a while. Out. You had lost touch yeah. completely all these years? <laughs> yeah. From like, what is it, like 2004? Five? No. no, like the, uh, the late seen 90s. Each other a we had seen times. each other in passing. Yeah. Fins, I worked at Arno's. Oh, so you had to run each other on that. I yeah. borrow cream. There okay, was okay. always that, like, hey, how you doing? Like, I didn't have her phone thanks. number. I wasn't, you know, you know. we right. weren't, like, exchanging But you remembered her name and you remembered yeah. each other and yeah. all that. Facebook yeah. poking and stuff. We weren't yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't even think I was on Facebook yet. I don't think anybody uses the poke function anymore. Do they even have that? It's awful. I don't even know We're just industry buddies, though. I mean, like, that's, you know. All right, so you got reunited there at Aaron Rose. Wow. Yeah, so I'm working downtown again. I'm uh she's living and working down here and we uh the owners of the bar and the funny thing about the Aaron Rose kitchen, you know, a lot of people don't don't know. For for a while all they had was like tater tots and stuff back there uh-huh. that the bartenders would fry up. But that's not the nature of the kitchen. Once flying burrito started in that kitchen. What? Yeah. You're kidding me. Gospel truth. Wow. I swear to God. Wow. The prototype for Juan's flying burrito. Now, do I know the whole story? 
like how they went from whatever they were called, and I'm pretty sure they were Juan Slime Burrito back then, but how they went from that to their five different restaurants here, no, I can't outline that for you, but I do know the history and lore of that. And there have been a couple different chefs doing um, projects back there. There was, uh, in uh, 2001, 2002, and parts of 2003, there was a, a guy doing, like, uh, noodles, Pacific Rim Cuisine. Uh, it's called Mahalani. He was doing um, some noodle salads, some noodles and broth, some stir-fried noodles. It was a little noodle house. There was a little Greek grill back there. There mm. was uh, and the a guy. And the owner was a chef. Yeah, like, the owner was a chef. his previous life, he walked out at uh, Bella Luna and walked over to Molly's on the market right. and said, I need a job, bro. And huh. that's worked the, his yeah. way up his right-hand man to Jim Monahan. Yeah. It's a great couple. Our, we are blessed They're by awesome. having a really great couple as landlords. They um, run the Aaron Rose Bar. They were bequeathed the bar by Jim Monahan. Uh, you probably know about. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Monahan. Jim Monahan was like this big uh, 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 downtown character. He owned yeah. a lot of bars. Um, he was very, very large. Oh, is he the mafia guy? No. No, 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 I don't think he was a mafia oh, guy. Oh, definitely not. But, uh, he was an Irish. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. But there was a yeah, there was a guy with Irish. Irish. Name, uh, yeah, he was Irish. I think he was full-blooded Irish, actually. I think oh, I'm he, thinking of Jim Moran. That's something else. Yeah, you think of Diamond? Yeah, Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. That was like La Louisiana restaurant. on I don't even. I think that's the Penthouse Club. I think that that whole. That property is vacant, actually, I think. It's on um, uh, Iberville. That, that yeah. was the place. La Louisiana yeah. restaurant that the, the gangsters used to hang out at. You put a diamond in your uh, food every once in a while and stuff. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, I that they were bequeathed the bar by, um, by Jim Monahan when he died. They were long-term employees. Troy, the husband of the couple, was a chef by trade. Dropped out of that to get into the bar business. So, you know, years down the road, he's, he's let his kitchen be used by, you know, operators who were doing more handmade food. Um, I think uh, after Katrina, he did some renovations and was just like, I don't want to deal with a tenant because it's a very small space. It's like 60 square feet we rent back there. I mean, it's 60 square feet. Okay, yeah. so, so six by ten. You play yeah. Tetris that many times in any given day. And <laughs> fit the Tetris. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real life Tetris. I mean, when you say 60 square feet, that includes storage our, and that's your refrigeration well, we, and we everything? Have, well, the, 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 foot, the, the footprint yeah. of what we lease. Right. Okay, take everything out of that. Is probably about seventy some odd square feet, and that includes everything. The footprint, right? All I mean, the we hardware, have some storage overhead. That's, yeah, that's, that's for everything. Yeah, we've got a very small kitchen. plates, even and all that. We don't have plates, and it's amazing. Oh. No, we rent make a great product yeah. in a T nine C spot. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, tell us about it because we're running out of time. Yeah, I'm we dying never really to hear about to all that, the so. alcohol based. Uh, all right, so uh, what, meats that you have. Okay, so the the short story is that he said, "Do you guys want to do something?" And we thought about it for a while, and eventually said, "Yes, we want to do something." And uh, we th- talked about what we were going to do, and I, I had had this po'boy project. Not Killer Po'boys, as it's known by the public now. I had a po'boy project for a while, and um, I was thinking about all the different ways to sp- speak our story in food through po'boys. And um, speak it, your story through po'boys. I came to realize that you know iceberg lettuce and tomato, you know tomatoes out of season, and Hellman's mayonnaise weren't going to tell our story. So we were <laughs> like, maybe we shouldn't do po'boys because I thought. And I'm still waiting for the backlash to people to come tell me what you sell is not a po' boy. It's not, it's not dressed. It's not on this. It's not uh, that. And I, I'm ready for with all the arguments you, no against one's that. Done Nobody's that. done that yet. So. No good, good, good Which for is you. fine because I have rebuttal. I mean, I'm ready. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's your rebuttal? Let's hear it. Well, let's see. Born and raised. Um, yeah. uh, second, uh, uh, the original po' boy, as, as we know it, was coined. The term was coined referring to leftover uh, fried potatoes and leftover beef drippings, which has right. no lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise on it whatsoever. There you go. And um, growing up, every time something new was put on New Orleans French bread, it became a po' boy. You know, yes. as far as I know, like 
And so uh, let's have, uh, you want a hamburger or you want a hamburger po' boy, right? So that was like having it on French bread. But even our, um, like our competition, even we're new school po' boys, so we don't really have any direct competition. All of our indirect competition, like Parkway and all them, have been awesome. They've been yeah. so receiving and like open to the Yeah, but they're like, yeah, they're like, iconic. Well, you know? I mean, there's nobody else that's got a dark and stormy pork belly po' boy. Yeah, You're the, it. The booze. No just, one else is soaking uh, pork in, in rum well, before they the, make the a po' boy, right? The booze came because we're in a bar and like, you know. Just made sense. I don't know. I thought so maybe like we could get extra publicity. Well, we we have a good relationship with Old New Orleans rum, and no, we don't use and like a match. The backwash. We don't yeah. use the match shot to make you know, <laughs> match shot marinated, you know, crab claws. No, we don't don't do that there. Like, Absinthe. These any absent? Sir, we have marinated uh, these crab claws in the um, toilet basin for you tonight. <laughs> so they were perfect sixty-two degree temperature. We need no. to figure out how to use absinthe though, because those guys yeah. at Cathead. I'll tell the AB. Yeah, Can you call that the Ray when that, now that I gave you that idea? Huh? Can you call it the Ray now that I gave you that the idea? Shot if you end, if you end up using no, the absinthe. No, he wants you to say the ab- use the absinthe. But it's kind of tastes like licorice and or Pernod or something. It, yeah, I, mean, I don't think it would be it a Oh, you already have foreign. one? It wasn't no. an idea. Oh. You'd have to do like Well, the boost came because the, the re- really because I was like, we're in a bar, you know. And the Jameson grilled cheese, which you referenced earlier, it's not yeah. a po' boy. It's a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been tasting at the Green Goddess. We were getting these whiskey washed cheeses, and I thought they were oh. incredible. And but they're like you know fourteen, fifteen dollars a pound wholesale. So it really didn't make sense to melt them in a grilled cheese sandwich. So we never, re- I was never to achieve that. But eventually we started buying just really. Right now I use Hooks Cheddar from Wisconsin. It's a family run dairy. It's really really great sharp cheddar. And uh, we build the sandwich. We have a, an atomizer with Jameson in it, and we just put about a quarter ounce of Jameson in each sandwich, and it uh, quarter ounce it okay. achieves this. Balance of being this aromatic backdrop to the butter, the bread, and the cheese. And I, you know, so if somebody didn't know there was Jameson in it, would anybody be able to say that's Uh, that's Jameson, or they say that there's something in it, but we don't know what it is? The the texture of the bread changes a little bit because it gets a little wet, and then we we grill it up. I mean, probably not, but you know, I mean, it's not a gimmick. I actually use it, you know, in there. I mean, we we buy Jameson and we people come there just for it, Mm -hmm. you know. So and repeat business. So I know we have. I have two questions. Do you have any plans to expand already? Mm. I mean, are you happy in the in the in the environment? We I have mean, potential it, for growth where we are right now for at least another few months. But we, you know, we're talking and thinking and brainstorming what the next yeah. move is going to be. But we're not gonna sure be a what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've so what's your agreement with Aaron Rose? Is but it you're like happy. A, you have a <laughs> lease with? Them I want to hold. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd like to hold forever. my that kitchen there for as long as I can. And if I got to move killer, we got to move yeah. killer pobos out of there and put something else in. We will. I mean, we love our landlords. We, we love our landlords. It's a great our spot. Clientele. We love the location. It's. I mean, it's a great location too. Yeah, and it's nice to have a real local. It's yes. always been a local hangout, even though it's in the center yeah. of the yeah. quarter. Oh, it's the French quarter. So too, y'all, you know are, I mean, it's a nice fit that yeah. y'all are y'all are there. And um, yeah, I mean, Angie was born and raised in the quarter. That's you know, Troy and Angie are the owners. But oh. you know, so it goes. It fits with that. You know, the fact that we're all from here, but also the fact that um, you got service industry in and out of there all day. We've we started drinking there. It's around the same time, yeah. you know. Before like, you ever thought about being in there, yeah, it's I mean, just it, you it enjoyed is it. Locals, it's like you're, you know the locals' living room, right? Mm-hmm. And right. It's it, local it, prices, it a fun atmosphere. Everybody can belly up There's and be no a local if they want to. And it's welcoming yeah. to tourists too, though. I right. mean, people are. It's it's a great spot because uh, everybody that goes in is made to feel like they're they're getting great food and and a great drink and. 
hanging out with good people and you don't feel like uh, you're an outsider coming in. I mean, I, I, right. it seems like a welcoming well, you get, spot. But you know, you get somebody with, with half, half of a desire to have some adult fun and they go into Bourbon Street and they're like, this is like senior frogs in Cancun. I don't want to be at this shit. <laughs> and they wander 30 <laughs> yards off of Bourbon Street and, and, and walk into a bar like the Aaron Rose down there. And it's like you're, there's real people there. You know, it's not just shot girls and like frat boys and bachelor parties. There's real people in there going about their day. And if their day happens to be them on vacation drinking in the bar all day, then so be it. But, you know, you'll you know, you meet so many different people there. And like downtown, we love being downtown. Our, our growth plans involve being in downtown New Orleans, French Quarter, Marigny. We have no. Uh, I don't think we have much of a desire to get out of that neighborhood. You we live in. You live in. French yeah, we Quarter live in too. the French Quarter. So, this, um, is one cellar. We live on Dauphine Street. Yeah. All right. It's five blocks away from uh, the sandwich shop. Oh, that's great. All right. I just want to fit in one more question. Good. Sorry. Good. Good. Um, when y'all are creating your po' boys, do you ch- do they evolve as mm. time goes on from your your own tasting it or from feedback from people coming in huh. or is it like a no, you just do it and it... No, it's definitely an evolution. I don't yeah. think there's been one... inspired by someone yeah. or something first. I don't okay. think there's been one item on our menu that just, like, happened, and then that's it, right? Like, uh-huh. that's it. Not yeah. changing, you know? I mean, we're... Yeah. I, don't, I don't think as chefs we work like that, you know? I mean, everything's kind of evolving, and we use a lot of great local products. And failures? Have you had any just flat-out failures? Oh, yeah, like, you were excited about something, you tried it, and it just sucked, and yeah, you the, offered it anyway, the, and it the, sucked. The Dogaletta? Dogaletta. Dogaletta. Is that like a mufalata? Yeah, it was like two. It was two natural casing, like New York Dirty Water Dog, the Sabrette brand, which is like what they use, you know, up in New York and Grace Papaya and stuff. Olive salad, provolone. Um, we had like shards of ham. Sounds good. Those crispy ham pieces and uh, Creole mustard and banana peppers. It was good. It's just. It kind of, uh, I don't know. It it, was a salt dog. We start to hit our groove, and I felt like we were getting a lot of. a lot of press. We get a lot of press, and like we have no PR person, we have no advertising person. We'll be in Bon Appetit next month. We had two oh, sentences in Playboys and James. Wow! Like, really Congratulations. You were too, weren't you? In November. I was. I was on Chop. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, do you get a lot of feedback for that? Do people come in yeah. because of that show? I mean, or? Here and there, man. Yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, my my Chop story is tragic. I cut my finger in the first round. You it, like, chopped your finger. I chopped my finger, and uh, I didn't finish my plate. And I probably had, and they not to, I, I I probably had the strongest like stuff <laughs> to go on the plate. I just couldn't give him the plate, and I'm, I'm saying that because blood I was all over. There. But that's a good story. I, it was split Come second decision making. I, mean, I, you know, oh. I wouldn't, I didn't, I didn't know if there was blood on the food or not because I was cleaning my wound in the sink when the time ran out. There was no blood on. I the mean, team. it was, you know, it was like really. It <laughs> was they show really that hard. on your show when you're on it. Well, I didn't sure, watch they the episode. Ed- sure they edited it up. It's uh, episode. Um, it's called for Saki's sake. That's what the episode name is. For Saki's sake. For episode nine or some crap is, like that. The day after it aired, you know, he was really nervous leading up to it. But the day after it aired, it was amazing to see the the support from all of our friends, all of our family, people that we didn't even know as well, just coming in, ordering sandwiches and being like, man, you know, like either empathizing with them or being like, it's all right. We could tell the judges didn't want to cut you because that's true. But, you know, <laughs> like, it was really, it was it was awesome. People, people saw it and they knew that it, that's not what... What he's that's that, not his entire that's a small like, part. Experience. I mean, I, one day. So, how long was the be, actual thing that you're on air that got edited down to one episode? I mean, was it hours or was it? Yeah, I mean, you film for hours, hours, hours okay. Yeah, but they make know. it look like it's a lot shorter time period when it's on. Oh, right? it's the magic of TV, I man. Know. <laughs> I don't know. You probably do TV, you got written a book, right? I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've done TV, some TV spots before, well, yeah, right? They, they made a movie thing, yeah. Snap your fingers, yeah. and you know, it's like. 
they're trying to sell a product, you know, they're trying to sell ad space and want to make an exciting show. If it was just a bunch of like, you know, remember when Food Network was airing those like American Culinary Federation competitions and it's like, it's the, the, the competition is these guys working in these little box kitchens next to each other for hours and it's the most boring thing in the world, right? I mean, maybe the unveiling of the dishes is exciting. So, I mean, without a little drama, they don't have a TV show, you know? Um, because that's what it is, and like you know, people, it's exciting. It's because we've never had the the chefs never had a role in American society to talk and to be the chef. Like we're the chef. We we are the people Just that cook servant. your food, and you know. So okay. and uh, so now it's it's new, and people are like it's a celebrity thing, you know. And it's uh, I think uh, most uh, people that that really working chefs that that are day in day out making food for not very large salaries or small business owners who are making very small profit margins. Uh, I don't think. It's, uh, want to achieve that goal of being this, this celebrity figure that's on TV and constantly going for the next this, that, or the other. You know, I don't want that. Yeah. Do you uh, I'd rather have. I'd rather be a local celebrity. Yeah. Than, I mean, you what, do you, what do you guys do when you're not cooking? You've talked a lot about food and restaurants. Do you guys dance? You go. You you origami. Like, what do you do? Well, we're in our first year of business, so we're. So you don't have any of, free time. It's a lot of catching up on paperwork because we didn't take a loan out to start this business. Like we started. Right, but when, you guys, it out. when you guys fell in gig love, though, like gig. when you guys were, you, you didn't just fall in love in the kitchen, right? I mean, like you, like you had to date it a little bit yeah. and stuff, right? What'd you do? We dine. I mean, that's what we, we do. When we go we, out. When we go, when we, when we're going to go out and, and not, you know, do anything that is pertaining to work, we dine. That's and where do you like to dine? Them? I mean, we, I don't, you don't, probably don't get much time now, but when you did, when, where were you? We're going trying out? to go to uh, every uh, week or every other week. We try to have a date night and go out and eat. Um, Sometimes it's like a food truck. Sometimes it's uh, you know sit down restaurant. Um, Do you have favorites that you go back to, or you we're just trying try to go to new places? places. Yeah. I feel like the community has reached out and come and tried Killer Pull Boy. So if 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 I know somebody's been and spent money at our shop, I want to go spend money with them, you nice. know, and try out what they've got, you know. As long as they didn't like come back and say, "Hey, this shit sucked," like you know, <laughs> probably, you know whatever. Maybe I can still go try out. I mean, on my radar right now. Um, where did we go uh, recently? We went, eight, we went eight oysters so, last so, night, but yeah. Sobu was Sobu. that was cool. Sobu, yeah, yeah. Sobu okay. was good. Um, we're uh, we've been meaning to go back to Restaurant Revolution and eat at the bar because oh, it's close, yeah, and the whole like staff. That. I mean, they come and drink. They're a gang, like twelve o'clock. Amazing whole job. Restaurant yeah, pours yeah. out into the Aaron Rose Bar, so they're never there early enough to buy sandwiches, though. Strangely enough, oh. but they're doing. I mean, what they do. Is, they do food right. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They don't cut corners. They use really good so ingredients. So you guys mostly walk to places? So you do places see, like in the quarter mostly? We're trying to come uptown. There's so many right. little small places that have opened since I was right. in New York. You know, I mean, this whole boom of entrepreneurship, which is why I left New Orleans. Not that I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's just I couldn't find a job. I could find plenty of jobs, but I couldn't find a job that I wanted, you know, because all management had stayed. Like, chefs knew where their sous chefs were. The sous chefs, sous chefs were coming back, and I was ready to do something else. Um... And, you know, nobody had those jobs. It was like, oh, come be a line cook with us. You know, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. Like, you know. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to go. Ch- There's so many different places that are on my radar to go check out. It's not even funny. I just don't, you know, have the time to. Should get your advice. You've eaten at every place in New Orleans, right? Not anymore. I mean, I've, yeah. I'm now falling behind. As of Fallen October behind. 2011, I could say that. Oh, but, shit. Uh, yeah. I heard there's yeah, a new Colombian place in Central City that's really oh, good. Really? Have y'all heard about that? It's in the old uh, Surrey's Juice Bar spot on uh, oh. Dryads or something like that. Yeah. Ma- Mas Arepas. They were just reviewed in the Gambit, I oh, think, really? a couple okay, okay. weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's walking distance for me. I can do that. That's about five miles, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. The yeah. review read pretty good, you know? Cool. So, yeah, I mean, there's a billion different places we want to go. Ah, oh, 
The Wizard of Oz is telling us that we're out Wizard of time. Wizard of Oz, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no disrespect. Man, I didn't even <laughs> get to. I have I two pages of questions. She I should have written a freaking. Uh, I should. I should have given you my bio. No, 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 no. I tried to. I called. I said, Margo, this is me. This is what I did. But I was really like busy doing two and the other things. She's like, I'm not doing it like that. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right. No, we just wanted that so he could make a nice introduction, but we don't need it. Yeah, okay. we don't need I it. I mean, we just wanted to get to know y'all, and we really appreciate what yeah. you're doing and want to support well, that. Well, exciting, yeah. Get to know you a little bit. When me and Rob were doing the podcasting, yes. I tried to, like, make sure that I had, you know, to keep it veered on. If a, uh, you know, Why sometimes don't you tell you people about that podcast, too? Because yeah. um, tell everyone your hours and your yes. location okay. and everything, yeah, yeah, and that. also... About your podcast, because I didn't get Well, to I don't that. really do it anymore, because I don't have time. So okay. I'm not really, like, a co-host and not volunteering co-hosting duties. Okay. I'll give it a shout-out, but it's sure. not really part it's not really of yours my anymore. current okay. professional Just to support life. him. Yeah, yeah, but we can go oh, back yeah, and listen man. to some yeah. of your old shows, though. Yeah, well, awesome. I'll support Rob. I'll, yeah, go listen to some of our shows. we got some great shows. We did What's a, it called? Um, it's called the NOLA Food Podcast, and he's still making a podcast. He recently was out, I think, at Chapalila Farms on the North Shore. Um, I forgot some of his other guests, and we, we'll probably do it some more. We want, we had some fun guests. Uh, maybe who did we interview? Well, y'all did uh, Caleb Cook over yeah, at St. Caleb Lawrence. Yeah, Caleb Cook at St. Lawrence. One of our favorite good, places to eat. Yeah, so there's friends of ours down there at St. Lawrence. If you guys have been there on North mm-hmm. Peters, we did uh, our friend who is the the chef of the Tulane Teaching Kitchen. Uh, we Sarris. just invited her to come on in May. All right, and she she said. Uh, I said, well, you got to bring a mystery guest, and uh, but don't. And she said she was going to bring you. I was like, well, I don't know. I I think Cam might bring April, but you never know. I hope. But you can come back again. Yeah, Maybe we can get guest. more information. You won't be a surprise. But we were. I was really excited to to hear. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. We so get to hear more. No, that's her, all, good. Um, all right, so tell us your hours. Are you, right, you're so not open every moment that Aaron Rose sp- is open. No, no, I'll give you the spiel. Okay. We're separate from the Aaron Rose bar. We are cash only. You have to be 21 over to get in the bar. All right, all right. there's drinking, gambling, so smoking, So my kids cannot present. try your... Kids, you can pick, you can make a, you can get a sandwich and bring it to your kid. Okay. Your kid can't come and get it from me. Uh, unless we figure out so your kid, like, you know, keeps an envelope of money out there. And I know. It'd be much easier if you, you're the intermediary. Uh, but you have to be 21 plus because there's gambling machines in the bar. Oh, okay? okay. There's exposed gambling machines. You might hear a curse word. You might see a titty. It's the French Quarter New Orleans. All right. So that's just, that's just, it's not a family environment. But it's not anti-family. It's a bar. You know, right. if your family's all 21 yeah. plus, you're good to go. So what hours? Sandwich counter in 12 a bar. to 12, Wednesday through Sunday. 12 to 12, Wednesday through yeah, Sunday. So we're okay. open 60 hours a week. We're trying wow. to, we're trying to open up on Mondays. At some point soon, so right. and we're at 811 Conti, back at the Aaron Rose Bar, and we're Killer Po Boys, and we make new school Po Boys, and that's what we do. 811. All right, thank you. Thank well, you all so been, much. Wow, this has been wonderful. Um, thank you so much. That's our show for tonight. Our special guests this evening were Cam Boudreau and April Bello, co-owners of Killer Po Boy at Aaron Rose Bar at 817 Conti. 811 Conti. 811 Conti. You would have found it anyway. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. We we had fabulous audio quality of the show. It was brought to you by, in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live recording products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Eris Studio monitors, and much more. 
Uh, our show is live. It's recorded live at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Ted's is open seven days a week, serving first-class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, and Chris, uh, Chris Keogh has been our technical director this evening. Uh, you can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website, it's neworleans.com. Already said that. Also, follow us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and our mailing list. While you're at itsneworleans.com, it's important that you actually also check out some of the other great shows in our network. Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Win Win, and Out to Lunch. And you can also follow us on iTunes and subscribe there. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. So we meet again here at Ted's Frostop. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margo Moss. Good night. Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.